You're listening to Collective Practice, a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs who dare to dream, create, and grow your business. I'm Lauren Spaulding, marriage and family therapist and business consultant. I'm on a mission to create abundant success for those in the helping profession who strive to tear down barriers around mental wellness and create healing opportunities for all. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hello, you strong and resilient hedgehog. Welcome back to the Collective Practice Podcast. I'm Lauren Spaulding, and this is a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs, where we talk about business, clinical skills, and your own mental health. And today I want to talk about how you can build rapport with clients before they even call you and how you can attract your ideal client to get on your calendar. Now, this does require having some type of online presence, but you don't have to break the bank to do that. Social media accounts are free, building a landing page is free, and having your own bio on listservs is free or pretty affordable. Therapy then is free for anyone who can't afford to be on a listserv right now. When you have some type of online presence so that people can get to know you outside of opportunities to network together, there are two things that you really want to focus on to make sure you're attracting your ideal client and to make sure that someone already feels primed to work with you before they even call you or email you to schedule an appointment. You need to be focused on your niche and your brand voice. So when you think about a niche, you want to be thinking about how specific you can get so that you can stand out from all of the other therapists that someone might be searching or that a therapist might be looking at for referral. The more specific you can be, the more likely you are to show up on someone's search when they're looking for the right fit of a therapist. Now, There's two tips I have for you as you're considering your niche. One, you don't want to think about your niche as a population. Instead, you want to think about what is the issue that brings that population into the room and how are you going to help them through that? And then my second tip is you want to niche down at least three times. So I'm going to use myself as an example for this. When I first started out as a therapist, I made the same mistake of thinking that a niche was a population. So I would say that my specialization or my niche was to work with the LGBT plus community and to work with people of color. It's a great passion of mine to help those in marginalized groups have experienced discrimination and oppression within that. Now that's not a niche, that's an entire category of people And that entire category of people are going to see tons and tons of therapists who can meet their needs. And all of those people have different needs. So it's not a niche. Everyone has a different issue that they want to address in therapy. Everyone has a different goal and everyone has a different thing that they're looking for in their counselor. So, okay, we're not going to niche by population. Instead, we're going to niche by therapeutic issue. So when I did that, my niche became trauma therapy and relational issues. 
Newsflash, majority of people who come to therapy have experienced some level of trauma, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, whether it's a big event or a bunch of little things that happen through their life. There's so much out there around trauma and how trauma impacts mental health. That's a very modern take on psychotherapy and a lot of modern therapists are now getting equipped to address trauma in their practice. So it's not a niche because it's in no way helping me stand out from other therapists. So let's think of that as our first tier of niche, all right, is trauma and relational issues. Well, I want to break that down and go to that second level of nichedom. So if I were to niche down again, I would say, okay, well, I specifically help people of color and the LGBT plus community who have experienced trauma and relational issues. So I took my population and my issue and I combined them and that became that second tier of niche. Great, but that's still not specific enough because what does that mean? Am I working with couples in the LGBT community? Am I working with mixed race couples? Am I working with people who are dating? Am I working with people who are married? Am I helping um, polyamorous couples or open relationships? Relational issues can mean all sorts of things. And then as far as trauma, well, what do I mean trauma for people of color in the LGBT plus community? Because there's all sorts of trauma people can go through. They can have trauma around coming out. They can have trauma around discrimination and oppression, or they could just have trauma from their childhood, their upbringing. They could have just gotten in a car accident and that's trauma. So you can see there's that's still way too broad and it's not gonna narrow down when people search for me, how I'm their best fit. So I'm gonna niche down one more time. Let's go to the third rung of nichedom. And I'm gonna get very specific about, okay, I know my population and I know their issue. And now how do I help them? So for me, I recognize that when I work with my clients, I'm often working around identity formation, what their identity is in relationship to others and what their identity is in relationship to themselves, whether that's self-esteem, self-confidence, rebranding their identity or addressing how their identity has been shaped by trauma. And so when I thought of it that way, I then niched into specific traumas that I help with that can affect identity formation and relationships. So when I market, I say I work with racial trauma and cultural identity. I work with religious trauma and LGBTQIA plus identity. And I work with relational trauma. So not just relationship issues, but if there was any abuse, neglect, or just a kind of weird childhood that's impacting someone's relationships today and their identity formation, I'm your therapist. Now, I do expand that on some of my bios, and I say that additionally, I enjoy working with new moms or just moms in general who are finding their identity after motherhood. I also am a therapist for therapists. 
So these are other populations that I can serve, but they're not necessarily niches, um, and they still kind of can funnel into that main niche. Because a lot of times, I'm not working specifically with someone who's like, I have postpartum psychosis, or I have postpartum depression. Instead, a lot of times I work with moms who are like, well, I really like your identity formation stuff. I'm struggling with my identity, and I know there's some relationship trauma here, so you're my therapist. Now, let me tell you what happened when I niched down and got more and more specific. Before, when I had a general population or when I had a general therapeutic issue that I said that I served, I was having to network constantly. I was constantly having to attend therapy happy hours and therapy meetups and meetings and groups to get my name out there and to be like, oh, this is what I serve, this is what I serve. And then I found that when I was introducing myself, the person would always be like, oh, and what do you mean by that? Like, what do you do exactly? And I was having to, on the fly, think about, well, what is it I actually do? And so it wasn't clear. It was obvious that my message wasn't clear based on the feedback I was getting from these therapists. And it was through networking that I started to get more clients on my schedule because the people that I knew were sending clients my way. Now, that's great and all, but we can't just rely on networking. If we only rely on networking to build and grow our business, we're going to eventually plateau because someone can only refer so much and we're relying on a limited number of people who know us to fill up our calendar. Now, when I niched more specific and I had that more specific language on my website and on my bios, I found that I was getting a lot more referrals from people that I did not know. And their their clients or the person that they couldn't work with would call and say like, oh, this person referred to you and they had high things to say about you. And I'm like, I don't even know this person. I've never met them. But because my online presence is so strong, I could tell that that therapist felt really confident in referring me for this person and letting them know it was gonna be a really good fit. And that leads me to the other thing that happened when I started to niche more niche down more, which was I started getting my ideal client on my calendar and I didn't experience burnout as much. I didn't experience frustration or irritability or any of those negative experiences we can have as therapists if we don't have a niche and we just serve literally anyone. Now, when I was an intern, I was serving various populations. You're still figuring out who you are as a therapist, what you do, and what you bring to the table. And through that, I found that I would have moments of just complete burnout, or I would have moments of feeling like my calendar was just too much, or I would have frustration with some clients of like, we're just stuck, or it just kind of feels like something's not quite clicking. And I realize now it's because I probably wasn't the best fit for those clients. But when I niched down, I wasn't just getting referrals. I was getting referrals for the perfect person to work with me. And when I started working with them, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. It doesn't mean the work wasn't hard. It doesn't mean I was suddenly like not doing trauma therapy and sitting in really hard stories with my clients. But I was attracting the personality type that works best with me, the therapeutic issues that work best with me and the therapeutic approaches and goals that fit me as myself and through my therapeutic models. So niching down 
super, super important for you to build your practice from the ground up. You really, really want to make sure that your message is clear on who you serve, what issues they're bringing into the door, and how you serve them. So the second point I want to make in our in our time together today is your brand voice needs to be very clear. So having your niche is only a part of the formula. If you know who you serve, but you're not communicating that well, you're still not going to get the turnover that you want. And that's because people don't just seek out a service in our field. There's a relational component to what we do. When people are looking for a therapist or when therapists are looking for a referral, they're also looking to make sure you're going to fit well personality-wise with their client or with their referral. Especially therapists who have been working with someone and then are terminating for any reason but are looking for additional services for them. They have a general sense and idea of this person. They also feel a commitment and a loyalty to this person and they want to make sure they find them the right fit. And so that's not just finding those checked off boxes in the specialization category, but also are you going to vibe well with me or with my client? And I've experienced this as someone sending referrals. If I have someone call me that is not a right fit or their therapeutic issues just aren't something that I have any experience in and I'm referring them out, I'm really looking at um, the energy I get from someone's copy whenever they have you know the about me and if they have blogs or anything like that, I'm really kind of sensing how this person is going to relate to this referral. So an example of that would be uh, for myself. <laughs> I have a really strong personality and I can dance my way around an issue like no other. I can stay in cognitive mode if I want and not do any deeper processing. So I need a really strong therapist who can really take me to that deeper level. And I can recognize that I'm not going to work well with someone who's overly professional, who shows up in blazers and is like really put together. That's just not someone I'm going to jive with. Um, and so I'm looking for those things more on a subconscious level. Like right now it's conscious because I'm talking about it, but I'm not actually thinking that when I'm looking up a therapist for myself. And so I'm going to get that sense from someone's color scheme of their website, from their photos, from how they describe themselves. If they have any blog posts or online content, I'm going to really get a feel of how this person is and if they're going to fit with me. You don't want to be generic with your brand voice. You don't want to just default to a brand archetype of like a helper and you're very calm and soothing because you're a therapist. So you got to be zen. That might not be you and that inauthenticity is going to actually hurt your business rather than help it when people are seeking you out for services. You want to actually think through what is your brand archetype and how does your personality come through in your business? Because our brand at the end of the day is us. Even if we're at a group practice, if we're in any setting where it's not like 
a requirement for someone to be there, someone is seeking out our services, they're typically looking for an individual who can help them, not a group. They don't really care where you work or who you work for. They just want to make sure that you're the right fit. So you want to make sure that your brand voice is very clear on who you are and how they're going to experience you when they work with you. So if these two things are really strong throughout your online presence, you're going to find that it's going to be a lot easier to get someone's buy-in to do therapy with you. And you're going to have rapport built with them before that first session and sometimes even before that first phone call. And if you're interested in exploring brand archetypes more, I do have a section of that in my webinar, the Collective Practice Masterclass. It's completely free to you. I just want to provide these resources and help you get off on the right foot for your business. So be sure to check that out in the link. Oh, I feel so YouTuber right now pointing down. Um, and the links across all my social medias. Be sure to follow me. Let's be friends. I want to support you through your amazing journey as a mental health entrepreneur. And thanks for spending time with me today. I'll see you in the next one. Bye. As we wind down from this episode, take a moment to reflect on your key takeaways. How can you care for your business and yourself this week? Don't forget, you are awesome and worthy of a hugely successful career. I hope to help you and support you along the way. I'll see you in the Collective Practice Facebook group and in the masterclass. Visit lawrencebalding.co for more details. Talk to you soon, friend.